This is the Music Publishing Podcast with your host, Dennis Tobensky. Join Dennis in his weekly nuts and bolts conversations with composers, performers, and other arts professionals as they navigate their careers as concert musicians in the 21st century. And now your host, Dennis Tobensky. Hello, and welcome to the Music Publishing Podcast. I'm here, uh, episode 46, with Rob Patterson. Um, Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad, to ha- glad to have you on. Me too. Um, right. Known each other for quite a number of years at this point. Yeah, we're getting old. Yeah, it's... So are we getting older? <laughs> Not too old, right? Yeah. But, you know. I, I think um, I met yeah, you... it's been like 10, 15 years almost, some 10 years almost. Uh, I've been in the city for 12, so I feel like it's something like 11, 11, 11 and a half. Years, it's, yeah. I seem to remember Dylan being born. Yeah, and that was a while ago. That was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, there we go. We can can time ourselves by my son's age. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nice. Cool. So, so Rob, um, tell us a little bit about about you, about your your background, what you do, all of that happy stuff. Sure. I'm a composer. Uh, I live here in New York City. And I'm also, I also conduct and play percussion sometimes, but I'm, I'm probably about 90%, 95% 90%, 95% composer now. Nice. Know, so it's getting that way. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time. I have a cat. Her, her name's Cookie. You'll Hi, hear Cookie. her here and then. She likes to meow a lot. There she is. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Yeah, I've been in New York for, I don't know, 15 years, 14 years, something like that. Nice. Maybe a little longer than, yeah, we've known each other. And uh, what else can I say? I have an ensemble. Mm-hmm. called the American Modern Ensemble, mm-hmm. uh, which has been in existence. We just finished our 12th season. Nice. And I have a small boutique record company called American Modern Recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do you know, a limited number of recordings, uh, a lot of my music, and sometimes other people's music, or mixed mm-hmm. in, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is, we can talk about that later. Uh, and also, something else we can talk about later, I have a festival yeah. starting. In not this summer, but in the summer of 2018. Nice. So if all goes as planned, mm-hmm. that will happen, and it will happen well. Sweet. And it'll be great. Yeah. Nice. So definitely a, a, a multifaceted career. Yes. I try. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I try to try try to keep it interesting, and mm-hmm. uh, because I don't teach full time at all, uh, luckily I've got a lot of commissions and things, so I can afford to do these other projects. And yeah. I can free up my time for that. Uh, or at least, you know, be, have my time be flexible. Mm-hmm. So it um, makes it easier to do different uh, outside-the-box things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I, I kind of, you came on my radar because of, partly because of a mutual friend um, yeah. and partly because of the ensemble. Well, ironically, too, I think we may have met, because I did teach at Sarah Lawrence College for a while yeah. and worked with Chet Biscardi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for a few years. That was actually my last teaching gig, mm-hmm. my last real teaching gig. Yeah. I teach in the summers now, but... That was the last one I did during the year. And it was great. I yeah. Chet's great, and I had a nice time doing that. But, um, you know, it, it, it had run its course, and it's mm-hmm. okay. I don't teach anymore. But, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so that's, I'm probably, I have the life that some composers think they wish they had. Mm-hmm. So is that the right way of saying it? I think the more they get to know what I have, they're not sure anymore. But mm-hmm. on the surface, they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. You don't teach, and you're able to survive? <laughs> How do you do that, you know? So that's where I am, yeah. Nice, nice. And, and. Rob Patterson trivia. You did, uh, yes, did the, I, ma- the 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 mallet thing. I, the mallet thing. Yeah, as I've, I was called once, uh, Edward Mallethand <laughs> in, in a New Music USA article. Um, yeah, I, I play with six mallets in the marimba, 
I have an album on Amazon that you can check out if you're interested that has me doing all six mallet pieces from nice. everybody. I think that's, as far as I know, that's the first and perhaps even the only one that's ever been done. Nice. I've never seen another one like that. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I, so that's something I just love, you know, exploring different techniques on the instrument. So yeah. I wrote all these pieces for that combination. Nice. I commissioned and or asked other composers to mm -hmm. write pieces for that, and I played or premiered some of those. Nice. Yeah, so I'm um, a little less, doing that a little less these days, mm -hmm. mostly because of the composing thing. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it was, it's fun to do, and it's a nice parlor trick for sure. Yeah, so yeah. six mouths and show people, and <laughs> wow, you can do that? You know, I'm like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, so yeah. I do that too. Nice, yeah. I that was something it, I didn't, it took me all, like many, many years to like learn that about you. And somebody's like, oh, really? oh yeah, he pioneered this whole technique. I was like, really? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what's funny is some percussionists know me from that. Mm -hmm. Don't realize that I even like compose other music. Oh yeah. They're like, oh, he composed all these six mallet pieces. And I'm like, and then they look at my catalog like, oh, you've done orchestra pieces and operas. I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's actually mostly what I do now. But yeah. But I, you know, I, I was, I had an agenda when I was younger. I wanted mm -hmm. to really expand this technique and now there luckily there's lots of great people uh nice. like this guy named joe porter in canada mm -hmm. and there's other people around the world that are have really embraced this and are writing more pieces for it making nice. recordings uh joe for example wrote a whole technique book about it which oh, is cool. great uh so yeah and it's it's um i think it's really important for composers to to further their field in ways that they feel are you know in tune with what they do mm -hmm. so for me that was something technical using percussion, which was my instrument. Um, and also, some some composers in their music want to push boundaries, and that's cool, mm -hmm. some don't, and yeah. there's room for all. So, yeah. you know, I believe in that. I think we're, it's not like there's this vessel that can only be filled so far, and mm -hmm. then you better just stop. I mean, yeah. look, there's, we've got the internet now, so you can get whatever you want mm -hmm. at any second, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, we can all do what we want. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's fine that way. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I love that some, some people only know you for the one, the one thing, and yeah. um, I feel like we, you know, with me, there's some people that they only know me as a cabaret singer. <laughs> hey, I actually didn't know that about it, you. Yeah, so, and yeah. and it's not something that I do you very do often. Well, I, okay. I, on occasion, I, I've been known. Um, it's because when I go to the Virginia Center for the Creative Arts, uh -huh. um, which is a wonderful, wonderful place, it's great. Yeah. Uh, um, every Saturday that I'm in residence. I do a little cabaret thing in the library. Mm -hmm. You know, like after dinner, it's just like, okay, get your booze. I'm going to go and like sing pop tunes. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> and so there's a group of people that, I mean, I'm there to compose. They know I'm a composer, but they think of me as a cabaret singer. It's really, wow. it's funny how different people like yeah. in different areas think of, think think of, of you differently. Yeah. Some people only know me as a web designer. Some only know me as, you know, a singer. It's it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one thing I've noticed, too, doing this for, I guess, as long as I've done it, you know, is if you do one part of our field, mm -hmm. like, say, for example, you write choral music, mm -hmm. and I do, you can't really talk about that with opera people. Yeah. They don't really care. Mm -hmm. You know, it's ironic because they're both vocal music. Yeah. And non-musicians don't even get this. But I'm like, but you don't understand, I have to explain to them, that they're really different animals mm -hmm. i mean it's yeah, like totally. you know an apple and you know a slice of like rye bread i mean they're both mm -hmm. food but they're totally different. <laughs> yeah. they're not the same thing at all yeah you know? yeah um you can even eat them together i guess if you wanted to i guess but you know they're not yeah that's gross, <laughs> but, you know what i mean but you can like yeah so that's 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 weird sometimes i make weird food food analogies but that, you know. <laughs> yeah so i just think people sometimes know one thing about somebody and there's mm -hmm. also this notion that which is bothersome to me personally is that you can only do one thing mm -hmm. 
I mean, if nothing else, actors have proven that wrong. They're directors, yeah. they're philanthropists, or mm -hmm. they're environmentalists like Leonardo DiCaprio or yeah. Robert Redford or something. Yeah. They can start festivals. Paul Newman started a, a food company. I mean, mm -hmm. like, so why can't, why do composers have to be locked into, oh, you can only compose? I mean, one reason is because, well, how much time is there in the day? Mm -hmm. You better pick something, and if that's what you love, do it. But I also think, you know, to keep your sanity, I yeah. mean, you can do other things. Schoenberg painted, yeah. and other composers have done... Ives is an insurance salesman, we all know mm -hmm. that. Or insurance, actually, uh, what, uh, head of a company. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you can, there's, you can do a lot of things, and also we're, you're going to live to be 100, probably. Mm -hmm. Somebody, I, I just gave a talk the other day in uh, uh, Denver University. I was there, and uh, also University of Colorado Boulder. Oh, sorry about that, I'll take you some more water. No, it's okay. Cat's paw. <laughs> I'm used to it. Yeah. Um, so, and the talk I gave included this, you know, I was talking to the students and the faculty, too, some about how we're all living really long lives, really? We're all living really <laughs> long lives now. Mm -hmm. And we can, um, you can do more than one thing if you want to. It's yeah. okay. Or you can obsess and focus on the one yeah. track. But if you feel like you have another passion, don't mm -hmm. feel like you don't have to do it if you don't want to. Yeah. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about that. A hundred years is a long time. Yeah. Not me. I won't live to a hundred, but you will. Or, you know, some other Fingers crossed. Will. Yeah, right. Um, I, I think it's great. We have we have a lot at our disposal, and we also it's so easy now to to have multiple careers or mm -hmm. to be a composer and mix that with something else. Yeah, you know. Anyway, so I, I feel like we sometimes box ourselves in more than we need to. Yeah, a little bit. yeah. I always um, I always hate the uh, the thing that people say about Bernstein, mm -hmm. like oh if if he had you know conducted less and composed more. Oh, right, yeah. It's like oh. Well, Shut that, up. Was, well, that was just part of who he needed to be. Yeah. It's okay. That yeah. was him. I mean, you could also say all kinds of things about other composers. You could say, well, if Copeland hadn't stopped composing at least 20 years before he died, yeah. but he also was mentally losing it. So yeah. it's like he had to, I mm -hmm. mean, because he wasn't all there anymore. Yeah. And he knew that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, things just happen for a reason sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I just think that everybody's different. And mm -hmm. you can't compare yourself to somebody else. Which is difficult for all of us, yeah, right? It's yeah. difficult to say, hey, I want to be just like that person. Mm -hmm. But you see, you don't know that person's circumstances. You need to be who you are. Yeah. You know, and do what you want to do mm -hmm. in your own way. Exactly. Right? That's important. I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah, no, no two composers are the same. No, no two careers are the same. And they shouldn't be. I mean, you've done 45 of these already. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if nothing else, you've learned that we're all different. Everybody's different, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're different from me and from the 45 other people. Mm -hmm. So... But you can also look at some composers and say, hey, it'd be nice to do what they did or yeah. try that, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. And, you know, and certainly there's some composers that do very little music, but it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, Due to you is a great example of that. I mean, his output's not huge, but I think his music's pretty wonderful mm -hmm. for the, the amount that he had. And then there's some composers that have tons of music, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to sit through more than about five of their pieces. Yeah. You know, so there's that, you know, mm -hmm. anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, those composers who have t tons of stuff, and there's like the gems, and then there's the rest. Well, I mean, he's gone now, so I guess we can talk about it, but, uh, you know, Havanis. Mm. You know, he had so much music. Yeah. And how much of it do we really listen to? I mean, and he had commissions like crazy. Yeah, I only know a you know? few of his pieces. I mean, it's great. He, has, he had these, you know, 
the whale piece. I've, and, I've, I've played in that one. Right, so yeah. there's that one that's a very popular like youth orchestra piece. Yes, yeah. it was a youth orchestra. <laughs> yeah. and there's a few other gems, you know, mm -hmm. but really his output was ginormous. I think he even, what, burned or got rid of a whole ton of it. Oh, something. man. Yeah, imagine doing that. Yeah. I, I'd like to be a little more careful with my work. Mm -hmm. I mean, if there's an errant piece here and there that for some reason I just bombed, okay, yeah, I guess that'll happen. Withdraw but, that. But. but you know, my favorite statement about that was apparently, I think, I might get this wrong, and if so, maybe somebody could write a note on the podcast <laughs> about this, but I think it was Virgil Thompson, and somebody was having a lesson with him, and said, Mr. Thompson, you know, I, I have this piece, and I'm not sure if it's any good, so I'm, I'm whether, wondering whether to withdraw it from my catalog. Mm -hmm. and, he, and this Virgil Thompson said something like, Sonny, you know, you don't have to withdraw that piece. It'll withdraw itself. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Virgil Thompson. Yeah, right? You know, one of those clever things. You know? mm. um, so, you know, and it's hard to tell, with, as I'm sure you've figured out all these years, what what's going to get people interested and what's not. Like, you mm. write a piece, you're like, oh, this is going to be a huge hit. Yeah. And nobody does it. And then you write yeah. another piece, you're like, well, this, this was great. I'll do this. And then, and you're kind of happy about it, or you're like, ah, oh, well, maybe it'll get some attention. All of a sudden, it's the, the one piece everybody does. Yeah, like, yeah. Why? Why did that, why is this the one? I know, yeah. There have been a few th things I'm like, this could actually, like, get me a little bit of attention. And it's right. like, okay, three performances. I and, mean, I have a piece like that called The Book of Goddesses that mm -hmm. I never thought was going to see the light of day after mm -hmm. the, this wonderful group called Maya in New York City. Um, this trio, it was, a, it was for just flute, harp, and percussion, but it was like a mm. 30, 35, 36 minute piece. Oh, wow. It's like nine movements. And I thought, surely it's too large, although I mm. built it so it could be done in parts. And then nice. I extracted, I created a piece from that called Three Goddesses, which, mm. was just, which were just the movements for flute and harp. Oh, okay. Um, and then there's like, I extracted a bass flute solo. Like I did all these offshoot pieces, yeah, which yeah. get done sometimes. Mm -hmm. But that piece, movements of it, or even the whole piece have been done way more than I ever thought because yeah. that combination hit some kind of uh, like it just hits something in people and now there's all these trios with that combination yeah so this trio in New York I think kind of basically jump started that nice I had no idea that was going to happen mm -hmm. I thought this piece wouldn't in fact I forced the trio to make a recording the year they premiered it. I'm like <laughs> you must make a recording and force them but I'm like let's do it now because I'm worried that this will never mm -hmm. get any attention yeah and lo and behold it's like I, it gets done all the time now nice. and I'm like whereas I have other pieces that I wish were done more and they're mm -hmm. just not done as much mm -hmm. I love them but yeah. you know um, it's just strange, right? It, you yeah, never know. yeah, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, but I think it helps to make pieces for not the ensemble. How many is that a negative? Like not the ensembles that have already tons of literature. Yeah, like you can add another string quartet, and it better be awesome because they've already got ten thousand great mm, string oh quartets. Oh yeah, yeah, at least you know. So it's like, well, go for it, but mm -hmm. you know, we'll see if that enters the quote unquote canon. Mm -hmm. They're gonna work their way through Beethoven and yeah, Carter, you know whatever else tip it i don't know i mean all kinds of composers you know <laughs> yeah our talk of course of course you know the ones that young composers can never get out of their heads mm -hmm. we see, hear right through that <laughs> you know, like, ah, there's the fourth mm -hmm. there's the sixth there's the fifth you know whatever <laughs> can hear that influence mm -hmm. there's that snap it's just like he did it oh yep so we all have that rite of passage uh, absolutely there's those rite of passage pieces right Bartok, oh strength quartets stravinsky's rite of spring mm -hmm. uh i don't know Choral pieces by Morton Lordson, if you're a choral composer. Mm -hmm. You can always tell if they've heard those. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds like that or an offshoot of, like, Eric Whitaker. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. All the extension chords and the... the clusters chords and, and, clusters yeah. Clusters and all that stuff. Nice long notes so the choir can hear themselves. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I really do. Yeah. I love, I love that choirs sound so beautiful that way. But I know. Yeah, and it's, it's fun. It's fun to, to look at music that way and see... 
what they do well mm -hmm. and capitalize on that. Yeah. I think some composers work hard to go against that. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's fun to go with it, but then be yourself and create something new. It's mm -hmm. so like say, what did they do well in addition to what can I make them do that's odd? Yeah. Because why do I have to get rid of everything they do well? Mm -hmm. So this whole like, you know, concrete instrumental music thing, mm -hmm. like, you know, Lockenman, mm -hmm. Helmet Lockenman. I mean, that's great. I think it's, I mean, it's interesting mm -hmm. to me, but I feel like, I do feel like it's wonderful, but it may have run its course. Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of pieces like that still. I'm like, we've already done that. Now mm -hmm. let's move on. Let's, mm -hmm. That's been done. And that was done before Lockerman did it, by yeah. the way. But, you know, I think it's interesting. But I also, and I also feel, feel that way about, you know, my style, for lack of a better phrase. Some people might call it, like, neo-romantic, sometimes at least. Mm -hmm. Although I don't feel like I do that all the time. But yeah. that's fine. You can also say that's run its course. But I'm like, well, that's why you have to do what you want to do. Exactly. You fit into whatever genre you want, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, totally. So it's fun to think about. Yeah, yeah. How it's... different all of us can be. You yeah. Know, and still call it quote-unquote classical music, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, or whatever it is that we're calling ourselves this week. Yeah, this all the, week, right. <laughs> yeah, all the, Concert music. Yeah. Um, what other dumb phrases have we come up with that? Because we can't really find the yeah, appropriate art phrase. music. Right. Uh, Every one of those phrases is fraught with problems. Oh, I know. do you mean jazz as an art? Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? Or if it's concert music, do you mean music that's not done in concerts is not worthy? Yeah. Written music. Well, does that mean that improvised music's not good? <laughs> you can't win. It's yeah, you can battle. never win. Never yeah, win. It's a losing battle. Yeah, right. I, 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 more and more, I fall back on classical music. I know that, like, when I was in undergrad, I, that, I was so pedantic about it. Like, no, that's not what it. It's not what it is. That was a specific right. era. No, I'm not talking about the classical era. I'm talking about. Well, th this is our cultural shorthand for for the style of music. Classical with a small C rather than a big C. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, that's how I like to think of it, you know. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, it's just what we want to try to prevent, and this is the hard thing, is to, is some of these terms like opera and classical music come mm. with baggage. Oh, yeah. And so God. you're trying to, you know, just today, actually, I was trying to sell the idea, this is actually kind of funny, you know, I wrote this opera called Three Way, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, kind of a comic sex opera. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the most concise way of putting it. Although it's got a lot of nuance. It's not just about sex. Yeah. There's no nudity. It's basically <laughs> like, you know, I would say R-rated, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe or something. Not even. Probably PG-13 most of the time with a couple R moments. You yeah. Know? Anyway, it's going to be have this New York premiere at BAM in nice. uh, June. Cool. Uh, I think 15 through 18. Nice. So, um, and it was done. Nashville Opera just did it, which is great. Yeah. Received great reviews. Uh, it did really well. People loved it. Packed houses, great, everything you want. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so in New York, we're trying to get different people to show up, and there was this one uh, woman, a sex, uh, uh, like a blogger who blogs about sex. You know? oh, okay. So I was trying to get her interested, and I'm thinking, you know, this woman knows nothing about opera. She writes mm -hmm. about everything, like, you know, about sex culture. But yeah. she wrote about, and, you know, I think she wrote about, you know, robots that are, like, sex robots. Okay, like, yeah, One yeah. of the acts of our opera is about that. It's called The Companion, uh -huh. about a woman and her biomorphic android mm -hmm. lover. It takes place in the future. She's irritated with, you know, and frustrated with how unemotional he is and glitchy, so she <laughs> maxes out her credit for an upgrade, uh -huh. you know? So that's what that act is about. So I figured, well, this woman's actually apparently, you know, she's fooled around or had sex with the robots. I'm like, mm. oh, this is perfect. Maybe she'll, but I'm like, but if I say the word opera, yeah. what if she doesn't like opera? What if the first thing she says, sees when she sees that is, oh, I'm not going to like that. It's opera. Yeah. And the thing is, we're in the classical music world, right? So mm -hmm. I don't feel like that. I yeah. love opera. Yeah. It's what I do. Yeah. It's the thing I love doing the most, yeah. pretty much. Other than that, that and any big works. Like, we all love doing big works, like symphonies or whatever. Mm -hmm. I love doing those. But then I thought, you know, um, 
well, what do I say to her to entice her? And so I said something like, I said something to the effect of, only because all I care about is getting her butt in the chair. Yeah. And getting her there. I said, oh, it's, well, it's, you know, if you could think of it more like a musical. I said, mm-hmm. because, and I, I didn't mean to belittle her intelligence, because mm-hmm. I'm sure maybe she loves opera. I have no idea. Yeah. But I thought, well, that's an easy end, because more people know musicals and won't mm-hmm. be as off-put by it. Yeah. And if it takes her being there to say, oh, this is actually really kind of more different than a musical, mm-hmm. I'd rather her that than her saying, oh, I don't want to go at all. Yeah. Because of that term. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And that's the problem. We're dealing with these antiquated terms that, frankly, may not even describe in the broadest way what we're even doing. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what I'm doing is very different than, you know, Lockenman or Cage mm-hmm. or Feldman even, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, yet, it's, I'm also not doing something that's a musical. It's, my opera's not a musical yeah. at all. It's sung by opera singers, and it's, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, in English. Uh, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't know, contemporary subjects. Yeah. It's not based on old subjects, really. They're all either contemporary or futuristic. Mm-hmm. So, in that sense, there are some ties to what some musicals could be. Yeah. Um, and operas, of course, but I felt like why we have to deal with this is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to it's... try to win win over non people that aren't familiar with classical music, which I'm really obsessed with. I'm really mm-hmm. obsessed with having people fall in love with what we do. Yeah, who aren't musicians mm-hmm. or related somehow to me, just like they're visual artists. Okay, so they already love the arts. Yeah, great, we got you already. Mm-hmm. We had you at hello. Right? <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm worried about the people who never go to concerts, mm-hmm. which by the way there are tons, of yeah, course. Yeah. Who their TV is their primary mm-hmm. in for anything. I'm worried about getting them interested in what we do, going to concerts and experiencing that wash of beautiful sound mm-hmm. or interesting sound, yeah. whatever we do, right? Yeah. Therefore, and I guess that's, well, we can talk about other things, but that's a good segue into why I started this ensemble in New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, American Modern Ensemble, um, which I started with the notion, at least initially, you know, we all start groups and organizations, you included, I think, to promote our own music mm-hmm. and also the music of people we care about mm-hmm. for whatever reason totally. right um so i did the same thing and initially one of my biggest goals with the group was to play perform music in new york city or at least perform music wherever we're performing it mm-hmm. um by composers not only the ones we already know and that's nice and that's great because that's what gets people in the door sometimes yeah but also composers who you may not know who are off the beaten path mm-hmm. who are amazing mm-hmm. and then you discover who they are and you say wow I didn't know who that was yeah. that's great I didn't know there were great composers living in other parts of the country that I didn't know about mm-hmm. I mean that happens yeah. because we sometimes get in a little hole a little uh, you know we, we get a little cloistered here in New York thinking that everything great <laughs> happens here in this lovely city Yeah. but there's really a lot of great stuff outside of New York oh totally right? yeah I mean, more and more I just met some wonderful composers in Colorado uh, who teach at those schools I mentioned and I'm going to check out their music more just because I just met them and now I'm mm-hmm. curious. Uh, I've met great composers in Texas, mm. North Carolina, uh, you know, so many. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's... Everywhere. I don't... And some of these composers, ironically, even came from here and now they're living there. So mm-hmm. they're not even re- maybe really from there. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, but they're transplants. Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot too, right? Totally. Um, and I think it's really important to, to remember that these hubs are not necessarily the only places you can find great people. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's one of the reasons I started the group. Um, the record company, on the other hand, American Modern Recordings, uh, that was different in that I, I made one recording, and I'll be polite, you can find it, but you know, I made a recording on a label. I wasn't that happy with how it turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, or let me put it another way. I had a piece that came out on one of these compilation CDs. Okay. You know you know what those are. Yeah, Sam yeah. Around, where, um, you know, sometimes they're put out by organizations, or sometimes just groups make 
CDs of lots of composers' pieces, and that's wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. But I didn't like the way it was edited. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the way it was marketed. Mm -hmm. I thought they didn't do a very good job. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this myself because then I can control the product. Yeah. I can control the information, how it's the program notes look, mm -hmm. uh, the look of the package. Yeah. I mean, back when there were actually CDs, but now it's just digital books, digital mm -hmm. iTunes books or whatever. Yeah. Um, and even the cover itself, which, you know, there's certain companies that make these covers that are just blah, oh. you know, boring. Yeah. You know, what that is, you know. Um, so I want to do something a little more interesting. Um, plus, yeah, and that was, so that was my main reason for doing that. Mm. It's just, you know, it's a lot of work though. It oh. really is. It's, it's just Seriously. making even one single album is just an enormous amount of yeah. work, you know? So I wouldn't wish this upon almost anybody. I mean, if you have <laughs> the mental aptitude for it, go mm -hmm. for it. But I think 90% of composers really don't. It, and, yeah, it's and wouldn't so want to learn work. about all this stuff and handle it. But if you do, if you're curious, mm -hmm. it, it can work. And a lot of people make CDs on CD Baby now mm -hmm. and or you know, those other, they're called uh, digital aggregators. That's mm -hmm. the name. Uh, like that company, because it's mostly digital, mm -hmm. to be honest, you know, as we know now. CD Baby, Orchard, Iota, mm -hmm. even Bandcamp, mm -hmm. you know, those companies. But, um, yeah, that's why so that's why I did that. Yeah, and it's a small, little, tiny label. There's not many albums on it, but but it serves my f purposes. You know, yeah. does what I need, and I still love working with you know groups, ensembles, and so on, and albums on other labels. That's mm -hmm. great. I love doing that. Oh yeah, nothing wrong with that. But uh, in fact, nothing wrong with that at all. I don't have to worry <laughs> about finding the money. Mm -hmm. Oh god. Yeah. So hopefully, or I I can help, but I'm not the only one finding. Yeah, money, yeah. You know, as much as I can help, but. Which is difficult for what we do, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like oh, constantly. It's always the second question of somebody's mouth if they love your music is, oh, I love your music. I'd love peace from you, which is lovely. That's what you live for as a composer. Mm -hmm. And the next question, because there's no other way around it, is, oh, so now how do we fund this? And that's where the other shoe drops. Mm -hmm. Well, oops, look around for grants because that's yeah. usually the next thing that you do. Yep. Or hope, pray, or something that you know somebody in that group has a rich aunt. Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> which is hard, you know. There's mm -hmm. not a lot of rich people out there who even love what we do. You hope there are. Yeah, yeah. Why do we do this? That's the other thing. Why do we do what we do? It's because we love it. Right? Yeah. Oh. And because we want people to love it, too. Mm -hmm. We want people to be sitting there in yeah. the concert hall or at home with their headphones or whatever to be saying, wow, that made my day. Mm -hmm. I loved that. I, yeah. I loved, for whatever reason, not because it was necessarily beautiful, but maybe it was moving. Because mm. of how, how dissonant it was. Or maybe yeah. there's something about it that was intriguing. Yeah. But we do this because it's worth it to do this because this is what makes life worth living. Mm -hmm. And it sounds cheesy, right? Yeah. But that's what you have to but remember it's... every day when you get up. Yeah. We do this because this is what makes our lives fulfilling. Mm -hmm. There's nature. There's this. There's great food. There's great other things. Yeah. yeah. But this is certainly part of it. Great oh, totally. Art, because it's how we reflect on the world around us and share that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know... This sounds sounds a little odd, but like my my friend's nine year old daughter like weeping at like my my orchestra piece oh, being played, you know, like that, yeah. like that, like there was a connection there, and that's it's like wonderful. that's amazing. That's great, you know. And yeah. Kids are great, aren't oh, they? I, know. I love kids because <laughs> because they have no preconceived notions about mm -hmm. what what they shouldn't like. Yeah, there's nobody who's who's lived for many decades in the sort of thing. Well, that's twelve tone. You should like that. Yeah. So if they hear a piece by Weber and they might go, "Oh, that's kind of fun and weird," mm -hmm. and they won't say, "Oh, I shouldn't like that because I'm not supposed to." Yeah. Or I should have this attitude towards it. I love kids that way. Yeah. Kids are, kids are this underappreciated audience, mm -hmm. and they're one of the best indicators of 
whether you have something that's any good or not. I hate to say that, but it's true. <laughs> if you want a sense if you have a good sense of form or not, mm-hmm. play your piece for kids. Yeah. They're, they'll, they'll get fidgety the mm-hmm. minute they're not interested. Oh, yeah. Adults will, too, but mm-hmm. adults will be a little more polite about it and also a little more space. They're probably thinking of their taxes. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll zone for a minute and then come back. Mm-hmm. Kids will be like, I'm going to be engaged. Okay, this isn't engaging anymore. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, I'm not engaged. <laughs> I don't care. You know? And they'll start rolling over on their side. Yeah. Jumping up and down and you know playing with their hair. And mm-hmm. I love kids that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's great that you had that experience. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a really nice moment when I made a child cry. <laughs> well, hey, and it was for the right reason. It probably affected that child for the rest of his or her, his yeah. life, her life. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I love that. That's the point of all this, mm-hmm. you know? I think we lose sight of that. Oh, we totally do. I think we lose, or we lose sight of what our goals are. Some of mm-hmm. our goals are different. Mm-hmm. I listened to a composer's music yesterday um, who's very different than me. Our composer comes from um, UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be, you know, <laughs> it was really good. Very good music. Very uh, well done mm-hmm. and very different than what I do. Mm-hmm. So my comments were hopefully comments the composer wanted to know what I thought mm-hmm. that weren't based on my, what I feel about how composition go, should go for myself. Mm-hmm. I was trying to help this composer as I do when I teach all the time mm-hmm. uh, to help this person be the better person that that this composer wanted to be. Yeah. You know? So like I was like, well, what can I help you with that will make your music pop even more in the zone that you're in mm-hmm. because you're not doing what I'm doing that's fine but how can I make you better at what you do yeah but at the same time if I sense a deficiency because you're again when I explained you know we were talking about this earlier I think maybe not on tape or on tape oh my god I just aged myself <laughs> about 50 years sorry on recorder um, you know what uh, we were just discussing casually the idea of um, you know uh, not creating music you know uh, where am I going with this I don't know. I just wanted this person to create music. Like, if there's a deficiency that's because you don't know it, mm-hmm. or it's something you're not doing because you choose not to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. You want to choose not to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that artists as great as Rodin, Picasso, Giacometti, mm-hmm. uh, you can go on and on. Even, even you know, uh, uh, Serrano, Mapplethorpe, some of these mm-hmm. more contentious NEA composers, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all know enough technique I'm sure to do other things well they choose oh, yeah. not to do it yeah right that's the difference that's what young composers need to get through their heads learn how to do it experience it when you're young or at any point in your life mm-hmm. even if it's quietly and you never show it to people just to do it as an exercise oh yeah the technique the style whatever try it then reject it yeah yeah um, I was just in in the fall uh, Darian and I did our honeymoon in Barcelona mm-hmm. and we went to the Picasso Museum there, right. uh-huh. and they have oh, all these these oh, older yeah. works of his, like the earlier things that are these really straightforward, you know, oil paintings, right. you know, and and you know, with all of you know, this one was like this major allegory, and you know, just right. really classical style. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you get to see his progression, and he, yeah, he absolutely he could do that. Right. He could do all the the, the the classical stuff and said, but this is what I do. Right, exactly. And it's usually because you've experienced all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, doing trying all these different techniques mm-hmm. or whatever, that you get to that place where it's a choice mm-hmm. rather than a default. Yeah. That's the other reason I tell composers in general, by the way, to, to just, if they can, if they need a keyboard in front of them, that's fine. I do that too. Mm-hmm. But don't compose by plunking your fingers in the keyboard mm-hmm. randomly. Yeah. Because you end up doing these things that are physically uh, 
feel good to you, mm -hmm. and also that your brain, your synapses are just kind of pouring out mm -hmm. stuff that's already a default. Yeah. Like, think it first if you can. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to do that. It mm -hmm. is really hard. Oh, yeah. Think it, and then test it or play it. Yeah. To do, to do it that way around. At least I believe in that. Mm -hmm. But everybody's different. Yeah. So some composers may experiment, experiment mm -hmm. that way, the other way, and, and that's fine. But... Yeah, so Picasso, um, man, there's a great Picasso museum uh, in Paris, too. Yeah, I haven't made it to that one. Yeah, that one's great, too. Uh, again, same thing where you see these, frankly, lackluster works mm -hmm. by him, like, like yeah. a fishbone yeah. in cement or something. Mm -hmm. like, that's okay, or mm -hmm. plaster or yeah. something. You know, like, that's that's him being kind of puckish, and, mm -hmm. well, that's art, or whatever. Or, yeah. or maybe he was just being doing it because he could, and he could mm -hmm. sell it, whatever. But then there's other works that are just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You know, and so... Look, even the best composers have duds. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, not all of Mozart's works are great, mm -hmm. or they're not a compel they're not compelling. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that fills space. Yeah. Great. I'm gonna go have a martini, mm -hmm. listen to that quartet, the way it <laughs> should be listened to. Yeah. Frankly. Mm -hmm. And then some of his works, like his Requiem, wow, that's an amazing. Oh. That's one of the best pieces in all of classical music. It's, it's amazing. But I, I'm not, in that sense, I'm not. Mozart's not my favorite composer. I would mm -hmm. take Beethoven and Bach over Mozart. Mm -hmm. if I'm talking about the old. Dead white dudes, you know? <laughs> but um, you know, or frankly, I told I would take Ellen Taft's Willick mm -hmm. over Mozart. I think mm -hmm. she's brilliant. She's amazing. Um, you know, uh, I mean, there's just so many great composers out there that are just absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, Aho, I, I think he's brilliant. This Finnish composer. I, I mean, I haven't heard his most recent stuff, but I know most of his symphonies and nice. concertos and things like that. Um, yeah, really, uh, Ken Shelley, another interesting mm. composer. It goes on and on. There's so yeah. many that we don't know. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite, this might be interesting, one of my favorite um, pastimes mm -hmm. is to go on online. It, it could be any one of the, you know, stupid Spotify that never pays anybody anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, get into that. I, you, know, <laughs> about that you, know. you know, Spotify, we, nobody gets paid. Yeah. But, you know, it's an easy way to find stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and I try to buy CDs of things, actual physical CDs. If I really like something, I'll buy it because mm -hmm. I feel like that's honoring the performers. Yeah. And I like to read the package and I like to have the object because, mm -hmm. yeah, I just do, yeah. you know. So, um, but I'll find one composer and then search around online. Okay, well, well, who are this composer's, like, teachers? Yeah. Or students? Mm -hmm. And then I'll start building, like, a spider web out and mm -hmm. seeing where all the influences were. Oh, yeah. I love doing that. That's, like, like one of my favorite things to do. And then finding off-the-beaten-path composers. Mm -hmm. That's so much fun. Oh, yeah. Because then you hear something you've never heard before and, like, and, boy, you do that for, like, a day or two, <laughs> even for a few hours, just, like, while you're working or something. And, man, you discover very quickly that there are a lot of great composers who never got their due. Mm -hmm. Wow. There's some really fantastic mm -hmm. people out there that just, or, or they're just off the beaten path enough that mm -hmm. they're off people's radars, but then you hear the music and you're like, wow, that's actually pretty good. Like a composer named Frank Bridge, for example. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of him? I didn't really, I mean, I kind of knew he existed, but yeah. didn't know his music that well. Well, I started listening to the pieces I could hear. I was like, wow, those are pretty good. Yeah, he was a yeah. uh, teacher of Britain, right? I think so. Or, 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 or at no, least... uh, sorry, um, was it? Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, just, I think he's either a teacher or a mentor or something. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and he, had the, he even had, like, a chord called the bridge chord. It hmm. was, like, this harmony that he invented, or a way of doing some kind of harmonic yeah, interesting. moment. And um, and I actually incorporated that into a trio I wrote recently called the Moon Trio. Hmm. And I had this whole bridge chord thing, and I quoted him, and I it was this movement where I had a couple quotes in it, from nice. Ravel and nice. him and so on. Um, but I, I love doing that, and I think composers would benefit more from listening to stuff that's odd mm -hmm. than the usual. Oh, yeah. We all know the classic works. Mm -hmm. Duh. Okay, mm -hmm. now we've heard them in school, or we've heard them as professionals in the orchestras that or chamber groups that play. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if I hear certain works 
more, any, I don't, I don't ever need to hear, only because I've heard it so many times now, I don't need to hear the, the ones that you always talk about, the Beethoven's Fifth, I don't need mm -hmm. to hear that anymore. Oh no, yeah. I've heard that now, 50 times, I don't mm -hmm. know, I've played it as a tempest, oh. I don't need to do it anymore, or mm -hmm. hear it, I'm done. Yeah. It's fine, it's a great piece, let, let other people hear it. If I hear it one more time, maybe by the end of my life, great, but <laughs> there's, there's just tens of thousands of pieces out there I don't even know yet. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's probably not even counting all the living composers, just even the dead ones, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, mm. it's so important to, I, I think it's so, and it's so much fun to discover hidden gems. Yeah, know? totally, totally. Yeah. So what else? What did we miss? Uh, well, I want to swing back to the ensemble. Okay. Um, and one thing that we had talked about um, sort of before we, we got rolling here, um, you have had a competition mm -hmm. with the... Um, American Modern Ensemble. Yeah, American yeah. Modern Ensemble. Um, and there's some changes going on yes, with that. Do you, yeah, do you want to yeah. talk about maybe the, what you've done with the competition um, and then what's, what's happening at the moment? Sure. So we started this competition, which I, again, wanted to do uh, just purely for the benefit of doing it and mm -hmm. discovering some new interesting pieces by, at, in the beginning, mostly younger composers. Mm -hmm. And this was, an, this was an interesting journey. Yeah. So for many years, we did it for younger composers. And I started to get, I got a few emails from older or middle-aged composers. Mm -hmm. No, that's all fine and well, but what about us? Mm -hmm. don't, don't we get a competition? As if, by the way, my job is to placate them. Like, guys, uh. come on. But, you know, it's like, there's a reason there's not as many com competitions for the older dudes. It's because you're a professional now, or should be, and you're supposed to be getting opportunities in other ways. You've ho hopefully, you know, built up your reputation enough that groups will actually know who you are and commission you. Of course, I realize that's not always the case. Yeah, and, and, you know. and there are a lot of people who come, you know, come back Right. later in life or right, start later in life and exactly. and they're, yeah. they're automatically excluded from right. like okay young composers and no one over 30 or over right. 35 like but I'm 45 right. and exactly. I'm just really starting <laughs> so what we did to uh, play to you know not placate them but just to add more opportunities mm -hmm. we said well why don't we expand this to have three we call them tiers mm -hmm. so tier one was you know a certain age group tier two tier three so one was you know uh all the way up to 21. Mm -hmm. Another one was 18 to 35, so there's overlap. Mm -hmm. Another one was all ages. Yeah. So in theory, if you were, you know, adventurous enough, you could apply for all three if you felt like paying. There's a little bit of extra if you tacked on one, two or more, you know. Mm -hmm. um, or you could just apply to the one, like the young one, if you thought maybe you were not... The, ironically, the most competitive one was the middle one. It was the one mm -hmm. that was 18 to 35. Okay, yeah. By far. I mean, the, the young one was somewhat competitive. Mm -hmm. The older one was... And here's the other thing I learned, which is a fascinating uh, discovery. So we did this older one, but of course, then you get the older ones who are like, well, no, I'm not going to apply. I don't apply to competitions. Yeah. Like, so we got the fewest applications in that one. Mm -hmm. That was interesting, right? So, yeah. okay, I offer this, and now very few people apply. I, I wondered why for many years. And I thought, well, maybe it's because they don't want to be judged by other composers, mm -hmm. especially other composers that maybe are younger than them mm -hmm. or they don't like. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know, but this is the way... Look, every panel is going to be like that. Yeah. I mean, there are very few panels that are perfect, mm -hmm. you know, as we know. So uh, we did this, and my goal with it was to get through 10 competitions, mm -hmm. which we did. We're just... We're very late with it, and anybody listening who applied, I'm so sorry, we're getting to it, I promise. <laughs> it's, we're going to judge this in like the next month, I promise. We are getting to it. It's just, it's taken time, because I'll talk about what else we're working on mm -hmm. that got in the way. Um, but don't worry, we haven't forgotten about you, and everybody will find out what happened, and it's all good, you know. But the reason, so here's the, here's the deal. We are going to um, either put it on pause, mm -hmm. or just stop it altogether mm -hmm. after this 
we judged this final tenth one. Mm -hmm. uh, not because it wasn't fun, not because it wasn't worthwhile, but mm -hmm. to be honest, it just didn't financially. It's it's difficult. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So it's it's difficult, and uh, mostly too, it's it's difficult to do the pieces we want to do. Um, that are bigger or more robust mm -hmm. and able to afford it. Mm -hmm. Like, look, a lot of composers write pieces with a lot of percussion. Well, with a professional group in New York, we're not associated with a school. Yeah. We have to rent all that equipment. Mm -hmm. That alone can cost thousands and thousands of oh, dollars, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, there's that issue. Then there's the issue of, well, all the effort and work it takes to even get the thing going, mm -hmm. upkeep. You know, we paid for a service called Slide Room just to keep track of the applications. Mm -hmm. That's expensive. That's yeah. thousands of dollars. Yeah. I mean, this stuff just all starts to add up. So we got to a point, the ensemble, you know, um, we were like, well, is this worth it or is there anything else we could be doing to serve the same, a similar function mm -hmm. and financially not break the bank every season? Yeah. Or at least these recent seasons, especially with three different levels of competitions. Um, what can we do? Yeah. Because, you know, we, we don't want to just have like pieces for solo flute. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's fine, but we want to do stuff that's a little more uh, colorful and, and yeah. has more ensemble playing, yeah. which is what the ensemble is about. It's mm -hmm. not just solos, you know. Yeah. It's the players like playing together. Obvious, right? <laughs> so, um, so what we thought is, well, okay, let's put it on pause. And if now, for anybody that's listening out there, you know, who actually thinks this is a great idea and loves what we did, um, if somebody were to endow this, we would keep doing it. Yeah. We need it paid for. Mm -hmm. We need somebody to pay for all the costs that go into up keep, keeping the competition going in per mm -hmm. perpetuity. Mm -hmm. And we also need to pay for the concerts themselves because yeah. every with every iteration, every year of the competition, at least three people win and they're also sometimes runner-ups or honorable, mm -hmm. honorable mentions. And we, we sometimes program their works too. Yeah, That's a lot of pieces. Yeah. That's at least three. And usually anywhere from like 8 to 15 minutes. So that starts to add up to huge chunks of our programs. Mm -hmm. And it's expensive. Yeah. So... Anybody out there with a giant pocketbook, you don't know what to do with all your money, here's where you throw your money. You know, help fund our competition. Let's create an endowment. Mm -hmm. Then we can do this forever, and everybody yeah. will be happy, and we'll keep doing it. Mm -hmm. um, you know what? It was interesting. Some people thought, oh, are you funding the competition from all the application fees? Like, are you kidding me? That was maybe a fraction of all yeah. the costs. We really didn't get that much money from it. It was like, mm -hmm. what, a couple thousand, a thousand? I don't even yeah. know. Whatever the, however it totaled up. But, um, but the, I mean... One of our concerts in, uh, you know, uh, National Sadist we did a couple of years ago. I think we called it the Awards Night. You can look it up online. Mm. I mean, that was easily, I think, fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000. Yeah. Think about that. That's a lot of money. Th that's a ton. Yeah. So, I mean, that alone, that one concert, that's, there's no way the application keys, keys covered that. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I think it's just, look, new music ensembles don't really make money. Mm. There's, like, two. Yeah. You know, there's, like, Ice, mm -hmm. Eighth Blackbird, kind of, you know, they kind of do, and then I guess they do. I mean, maybe they'll correct me if they hear this. I think they do. Um, there's maybe a few others, and there's Kronos, the String Quartet, and, you know, there's a few others, but mm -hmm. it's not that you don't make a ton of money doing this, no. if anything. Right? You do yeah. this for the love of it. Mm -hmm. So, where this could lead me to is talking about our festival. Yeah. So, we're going to start a festival in the summer of 2018. Mm hmm um, so, and, uh, I think it's going to be from June, you know, 8th to 25th or something like that. Um, or 8th to 22. So it's two weeks. Uh, June. 4th to 18th. Oh, 4th to 18th. <laughs> I wrote so it down. You corrected me. June <laughs> 4 to 18th. It is two years off. So, you know, June 4th to June 18th. Uh, it's going to be called the Mostly Modern Festival. Nice. Which is a playful 
pun on, you know, mostly Mozart, mm -hmm. but this is mostly modern. Nice. So there, you know. <laughs> so um, it will take place in uh, Saratoga Springs, New York, mm -hmm. on the campus of Skidmore College. Nice. There will be uh, an orchestra, mm -hmm. a choir. Uh, American Modern Ensemble will be in residence there. Nice. Uh, as will two invited chamber groups. Nice. Or it, they could be other groups, too, but mm -hmm. we're going to start with chamber ensembles. Mm -hmm. Make sure that, and um, we're going to invite them um, to uh, invite the chamber group, different chamber groups every year mm -hmm. uh, to mix it up a little bit. Nice. Uh, we're going to have composition teachers. Um, we'll have at least four faculty to start out with. So it'll cool. be me, another guy, another person is going to work there as the composition coordinator, but is also going to teach. And then mm -hmm. we're going to invite two, uh, you know, good or high-powered faculty. Yeah, uh, nice. So it'll be like two a week, basically. And you get one lesson with each person. Nice. Um, you can always work it out later if you want more, but you at least mm -hmm. get one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a 15-minute lesson. Um, there will be professional performers in residence. Mm -hmm. um, there will also be... Uh, so and the, the, one of the best parts of it, well, the part I think is one of the... But there are two, two components of this festival I think are great. Mm -hmm. One is that the composers automatically leave with really great audio recordings, mm -hmm. and we're going to do video. Oh, nice. The videos are all going to be located online as YouTube links, so you mm -hmm. can embed it anywhere. Nice. Which is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're also going to uh, have orchestra readings. Mm. Um, so all the composers can apply to have orchestra readings. I think, in theory, I think all of them could get a reading. Although, usually the way it works out, I found out at festivals, is not everybody always has an orchestra piece they need read. So that's yeah. fine. Um, there's plenty of other opportunities. So, mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, everybody, so everybody can apply for that. Um, out of that, we'll pick... Uh, at least one person per week, the conductors will help pick us to get an actual performance. Nice. But the readings will be really nice. I mm -hmm. mean, they'll be great, recorded, mm -hmm. uh, usable for arch archival purposes, you yes. know, putting on your website or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, edited if you want us to. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to have that available. So if you want to make sure you end up not editing yourself, we'll do it for you. Nice. You just have to pay a small extra fee yeah, to yeah. cover that. Um, there will be some scholarships mm -hmm. or an assist, uh, you know, assistantships. There'll be like, you know, work study, mm -hmm. so you can offset some of the tuition that way. Uh, we have to charge tuition because it's full room and board. And yeah. the food at Skidmore is actually quite good, nice. I think. Nice. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. The facilities are actually quite good. Um, they're most a lot of them are very new, mm -hmm. almost brand new. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think. It's all around. I mean, I think it's going to be... And, oh, and you you get a performance by one of the groups. So yeah, that's great. You can either get a performance with... If you're into choral music, you can get it with the choir. Nice. Or one of the cham the incoming guest ensembles, or AME. Nice. And, and AME will probably be... It probably will start out as, as ye old boring, piro sextet, mm -hmm. um, which we'll do first, just mm -hmm. to get it out of the way. And then we might, every year, mix it up a little and say, oh, maybe instead of clarinet, we're going to have oboe or add two winds, mm -hmm. or instead of a sextet, we'll have a septet. Nice. And you can always do subsets of that. You don't mm -hmm. have to do the whole group. Yeah. But we'll at least add some different instruments so that it gives more timbral variety. Yeah, you know? nice. So it'll be different. I mean, mm -hmm. we can even do one year a string quartet, but of the AME players, mm -hmm. if we want. Yeah. But, you know, since they're in residence already, it'll it'll make sense to use all of them and augment it with a few other things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So that's... That's our grand plan, and we'll see if it works. It's very nice. scary. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it, it is a grand plan. It's, it's yeah. a big, big, it's big, big plan. plan. Yeah, and right now, if you go on that site, it's mostlymodernensemble.org. Uh, you can sign up to be notified when we open up the application. Okay. Um, we're going to open up the application September 1st, but right now you can sign up to be notified. And, uh, yeah, and then later on, after we get it all up and running, we'll the website will be pretty... You know, hopefully easy to maneuver and mm -hmm. lots of information. We even have like a big questions page that we're working on that has frequently nice. asked 
questions, which happen yes. to be frequently asked. They haven't been asked yet, but we, <laughs> but we know that there are questions that will uh, come up. You know? Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Um, yeah, I don't know if I covered everything with that. Is there anything that you'd want to ask? or? Um, <laughs> buzzing. Buzzing phone, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think I think that sounds cool. Um, yeah. I'm I'm interested to to see how that how if it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. How it develops and yeah. and. I mean, we charge tuition. We mm-hmm. have to. And yeah. We charge tuition for the performers too, mm-hmm. and the singers that come in to sing in the choir. Mm-hmm. Oh, the conductors we have. We have three of the four conductors already picked. Okay. Uh, Kent Tridel. Nice. Uh, from he conducts Musica Sacra and mm-hmm. uh, in many New York Phil everything choir mm-hmm. everything. He's he's amazing. Um, David Amato connects to Delaware Symphony. Okay. Uh, he's coming. A uh, conductor named Nicole Matt, mm-hmm. uh, N-I-C-O-L-M-A-T-T, from uh, Europe. He's in Germany. Okay. Uh, he's made over 100 CDs. I nice. mean, the guy's amazing. He wow. conducts the, uh, lots of instrumental and choral groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still, uh, it's under, you know, um, top secret right now who we're getting for the fourth conductor, but it'll <laughs> be somebody, an orchestral conductor who's very good. Nice. We'll get somebody awesome. That's why it's taking so long. It's taking a little while to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. Um, composition teachers too. We don't know yet, but we'll know by probably June. We may open it up by June, but okay. definitely by September first. Okay, awesome. Yeah, but when we open it up, we will notify everybody. Yeah, that signed up. Yeah. Nice. So and everybody will get an email saying, "Hey, it's open. Check it out. Mm. See if it's for you." Yeah. Oh, there's no age limit. Uh, it nice. goes from 18 on up. Nice. Uh, I should have mentioned that. So, yeah, all the people that are 18 to 21 will be in one dorm or one place. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on them. There'll be a counselor. You know? mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just make sure. I'm sure they'll all be good, but uh, yeah. be careful. Mm. And then the upper age, there's no upper age limit. So if you're one, of, like we, you had mentioned, if you're a yeah. composer who is just getting back into it, mm-hmm. and you're, say, 50 or 60, but you want to, that's fine. Yeah. Totally cool. Nice. And if you're a professor and you want to, you know, if you can pay the tuition, you want to hear your orchestra piece read, mm-hmm. that's fine, too. Mm-hmm. One question that came up the other day, yeah. I asked these uh, really wonderful students at Denver University I was having lunch with. I said, so what... I said, if there's something, you know, what do you feel about all these, when I told them about this, and mm-hmm. I said, well, are you a little worried, they asked me, if that if you keep, there's no upper age limit, that it'll just be older composers that can afford it, all getting the readings? Mm-hmm. And that was an interesting question. Yeah. I'm not sure how we're going to handle that. But I have to say that in my experience, it's even competitive with them, mm-hmm. because the, the arbiter is going to be quality. Yeah. Um, so we are going to pick based on quality. Nice. With with keeping an eye on things like sex mm-hmm. and race, mm-hmm. so if we notice that it's all white guys, we're gonna do as much as we can. That if we're choosing between a white guy and a woman mm-hmm. or somebody of color or some, we're gonna you know we'll do as much as we can to address that. Yeah, because yeah. I believe in that. As mm-hmm. even as a basically a white dude. Yeah, you know I mean I I think that we've got to fix the problems that have happened in, in the past as much as we can. Yeah, without completely. Uh, but I think, but again, it'll be on quality, and mm-hmm. so if you get picked, it'll be because you were the best one. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's that's our goal, at least. Nice. To, to be as careful as we can with uh, picking diverse people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, so what else? I want to swing back a little bit back into um, the comp- competition. Well, competitions kind of writ large. Um, you know, at least briefly talk about um, maybe pulling back the curtain on, like, the adjudication process, oh, you know, yeah, for, right. for, you know, yeah. what, yeah, sure. kind of what, what happens behind those closed doors? Behind those, those ominous doors, <laughs> those decisions are made that yeah. are important to people. And, and um, yeah. maybe some, you know, examples of things that you've seen that st- have stood out 
<laughs> you know, in, well, in a good yeah. way of yeah. like this, this type of thing is, you know, tends to be, yeah, attractive. It, it grabs my attention. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, I will say off, off the, right off the, you know, board that as much as I, I like all of us get frustrated when you don't win things mm -hmm. or you don't get something. You're like, well, I wish I'd mm -hmm. gotten that. Or I've applied to that like 15 times or yeah. two times or whatever, and you've never gotten it. Yeah. Look, we all go through this. Okay? Yeah. The, I, I'll tell you now, I'm 100% certain that even the best composers you've heard of have gone through oh, tons of competitions and not won. Absolutely. And I'm sure you've sensed this over 45 times of doing this mm -hmm. right? before me. Um, so, and I will say that the ones I've sat on, and I've sat on quite a few, for the most part, I would say 95% of the time have been very fair mm -hmm. and very thoughtful. Mm -hmm. I've been always, mostly always been very impressed by how thoughtful everybody is to not just pick based on what their proclivities are, mm -hmm. what they like, um, and they're trying to be, you know, everybody's very communicative and friendly and fair. It's mm -hmm. usually very good. Um, yeah. There's been one or two times I've done it where it's subtle and it's never, I've never been in a combative situation, I have to mm -hmm. be honest. Um, I've been in situations where uh, you can tell that there's an agenda happening, and mm -hmm. so you try to, everybody else tries to offset that. Yeah. Um, because they sense it. Yeah. So if one person's being like that, usually it's one if it's a panel of you know, three or four or more people. Mm -hmm. You can kind of be like, well, okay, we can think about that, but maybe let's all vote on it, and that person gets outvoted. Mm -hmm. uh, although sometimes those people can be very vocal, and they'll try to sway you, just like a, it's like a jury. Yeah, yeah. Like in court or something. And so uh, it happens, it does, and nobody's going to lie. And I think there are definitely competitions out there that we all sense it happens more than it should. Mm -hmm. You can sense that there's an agenda. Yeah. And when that happens, it's sad. It's mm -hmm. sad because they're not picking based on mm -hmm. how good somebody is. They're picking based on their their agenda, yeah. which I, f I find is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's... I don't believe in that. No. I believe in picking the best people, not because that person's like you, which which is just based on a tremendous amount of uh, insecurity, yeah. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm not insecure about other people doing different styles. Yeah. So I, I guess as, a, as an educator, at least on that level, I don't... Uh, and I'm not, you know, that's not what I do full time. I'm a composer, but I, I believe in being fair yeah. as much as you can be. So um, now as far as what gets judges' attention or not, I mean, I would say that right off the, right out of the gate, there's certain things you do or don't do that will, you know, we chuckle at because mm -hmm. they're like kind of, what do you call it, like, uh, you know, amateur moves or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're things you just shouldn't do. Yeah. Like, you know, look, presentation does matter on mm -hmm. a certain level. Mm -hmm. now, if you want to be stubborn and think it doesn't, go for it. Do what you want. Mm -hmm. but it does matter that you, either you bound your score or you gave it to us in loose leaf pages mm -hmm. with a staple. Yeah. Okay, that shows a little bit of a lack of respect. And right out of the bat, we're going to start to question other, th right, out, right out of mm -hmm. the gate, we're going to start to question other things. Like, well, if this is how you're presenting yourself, let's take a look at everything else more carefully. Mm -hmm. Because if you're that frankly disrespectful mm -hmm. that of our time we're spending here mm -hmm. then let's take a look at the harmonic content we'll start looking more closely yeah not less yeah well we will less if it's really bad you can you can sometimes flip through something quickly and like well this person yeah you can just tell yeah they don't have any experience and they're not gonna they're not gonna be competitive in that batch of whatever it is yeah my, my first uh round of applications to grad schools uh -huh. um i didn't get all the I didn't get the assistance that I needed to, you know, like right. nobody walked me through the process. I didn't, uh -huh. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Right. And at that point, my engraving was awful. Mm -hmm. um, David Fortzig was 
trying his damnedest to, <laughs> to get... David's great. Yeah, yeah he's a smart guy. Yeah, he, he, I mean, we would spend so much of my lessons... And he would just like red pen and circle <laughs> collisions it like and something David would and you know he he yeah, I could tell that he was frustrated with it yeah. and me like stupid little like <laughs> college age shithead like I was frustrated too because yeah. we weren't talking about the music right, right. and it it actually took going on to study with Darren Hagen mm-hmm. like. Immediately afterward, in New York, yeah. and, and him saying, "Okay, here, here's the deal." Yeah, and Darren's also very intelligent. Yeah, yeah and and he he just said, "You you need to fix this, otherwise, no one will take you seriously, and, and we yeah. will not talk music until we've fixed all of your engraving errors." Right. Like, and he said that is the rule, and but with with the application, so you know, horrible engraving, mm-hmm. um, and I had no concept. I mean, I, I've been I've been working. I've been writing tons of music and uh-huh. getting performed all, all over on campus. Right. But that was just you run it off at the, you know, in your room or at the copy center. And, and, and then you hand different. it to them. And yeah. It's for friends or colleagues that you work with closely or you're in school yeah. and you're under a deadline and teacher just says, bring it to the class mm-hmm. and read it. Yeah, then you do it. That's kind of different. Yeah. And but, I, I didn't yeah. know that binding was really a, a thing. I mean... Obviously, I'd been using bound scores my entire yeah, and life. By the way, there's, you can go overboard. I mean, I've seen scores yeah. that are, I mean, and I'm not kidding when I say it's gold leaf, mm-hmm. you know, bound through, um, you know, with shiny covers, yeah. full color, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's almost like, I hate to say this, but, and I don't believe this. I can, I, I like to think there's a few things I like to think I can see or hear through. Yeah. And I don't use, I don't judge a composer by that either, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's, and I try not to judge them when they're, dumb about the binding but there's mm. a limit you know yeah and it's just that you can also go overboard and say wow that person's they've done so much work on the presentation i mean that's almost a little it's a little much mm-hmm. because it's almost like you know that can also be a red flag mm-hmm. because it can be almost you know what i mean it's like it goes too far yeah um too far for what because you know when you print something like that here's the deal like, you often have to print a minimum amount of copies. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do those as one-offs, depending yeah. on the printer. Yeah. So then you're like, well, are you that confident in yourself that you're going to print 100 of those or 500 or something? Mm-hmm. And there are composers that have done that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I once got, this is actually a true story, I once got an email from some poor composer, I don't know who it was, had passed away in, like, Turkey. Mm-hmm. And this foundation that had been set up by some family, I think it was their, their son or something, it's like, well, we're trying to get our son or whoever this composer is you know, recognition overseas, mm-hmm. would you take, you know, we have all these scores because they made tons of copies of each score. Mm-hmm. And would you take them? I'm like, I, I really can't. I don't have time to yeah. disseminate and be an agent for your, yeah. your whoever this is, you know. And they sent them anyway. Uh. They found my address. They sent me this box of scores, like, without, even though I had said no. Yeah. And I got the scores. And I'm like, okay, well, here they are. And I got them and I, I opened it up. And there was, it was littered with notation mistakes. Uh, littered with errors. Mm-hmm. I found it right off the bat. I'm like, and it was not even like tonal music. It was like yeah. pretty avant-garde. And, mm-hmm. But I could tell right away that there were things that weren't matching up, like accidentals and harmonics that were uh, wrong. Things that were just dumb mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure this composer was fine, did, did well in his, his mm-hmm. environment. But it it was, I, I recycled them. I didn't know mm-hmm. what else to do. I was like, yeah. hey, I don't have time for this. And, <laughs> yeah. and I certainly don't have time because it's not like you're giving me, giving me pristine stuff that I could mm-hmm. give to a library. Yeah. There, somebody finds there's going to be more questions than answers because this person wasn't careful. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, this is the way it is. <sighs> so back to your question, uh, or what we were discussing about what people look at. I mean, that's one thing. Yeah. So presentation. 
is one detail that mm -hmm. I think matters, at least on the surface. Mm -hmm. um, you know, layout and notation. Mm -hmm. So once you get inside the score and you're looking around, uh, you could tell right away if somebody knows, like you said with mm -hmm. Darren, if somebody knows what they're doing or not. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect. And plenty of great composers are not perfect. Oh, yeah. There's always, always going to be errors somewhere. Yeah, or, or, you know, there's, you know, people lay things out differently. So mm -hmm. the way one yeah. house look is for, like, say, you know, Faber is different mm -hmm. than, like, Boozy yeah. or different than so-and-so Presser or something. Mm -hmm. That's a different idea. You know, they get all kinds of stuff. But, you know, whatever. Um, then there's the issue of, okay, then there's the rookie mistakes of, like, I mean, I like to think these are rookie mistakes. Like, um, starting an orchestral 2D mezzo piano. Mm -hmm. Why? That is such <laughs> the most non-committal dynamic ever. There's no reason for that, and you're not clever. And you're one of a thousand young composers who've done that mm -hmm. because you couldn't figure out where you wanted to start. Mm -hmm. You didn't want to start soft. You didn't want to start loud. You didn't know where. Mezzo forte seemed too obvious. So you so then you landed on that poor little saffron of a dynamic. Yeah. Piano. It's it's a, I'm being a little silly. Although I wrote some kind of weird mezzo piano manifesto online at one point because I was so irritated. <laughs> you can look it up. It's like somewhere, and I got all these comments from composers. You know, Thanks. oh, you think that's bad? Well, you know, and I mean, <laughs> so there's that. I mean, that's one of five hundred things. But you know, there's doing something like that. Um, what else? Uh, being, you know, how do I say this? Being too. There's certain things a composer might do that you you just look and you see. Oh, they're 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 used the okay. Here's something that bugs me to no end: the overuse of cut and paste in either Sibelius or Finale. Mm -hmm. And I use both programs. Okay, mm -hmm. um, I can tell right away. Yeah, that's like a dead giveaway. Yeah, you're you're not thinking, and you're you're relying on the tools, mm -hmm. and not your brain. Yeah, like the whole da 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 eighth note eighth mm -hmm. notey music. That's mm -hmm. all cut and paste. Come on, it's like you know, <laughs> really, there's rarely a reason to do it that repetitively. Mm -hmm. Or you know, and then. Then there's like the basic mistakes you read about in orchestration books or instrumentation. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're, again, I've mentioned this before, your enharmonics are off. Like, mm -hmm. you have an F sharp in one thing in a chord, and then you have a G flat somewhere else, so you didn't go and fix that. Yeah. That's not nice, you know. Mm -hmm. Again, that's not the sound of the music, but that's mm -hmm. something that looks unprofessional. Yeah. I mean, the, the repeated note thing is the sound of the music. Um, too much density. Mm -hmm. I mean, I find some composers. They're so afraid of silence that they it's just packed with notes from beginning to end. They mm -hmm. don't know when to take a breath. Mm -hmm. uh, technically not doing things correct, like not giving singers time to breathe, mm -hmm. or wind players, mm -hmm. not knowing how to bow strings, mm -hmm. writing in all the bowings. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Yeah. Never do that. No. They don't need that. They, they need odd bowings. If there's something weird, you tell mm -hmm. them, but otherwise, yeah. don't tell them what to do. Yeah. Uh, not knowing how a harp works, if you write harp music. Mm -hmm. I can, I've written a lot of harp music, so I can tell right away, more than most composers. Like, that person has never, doesn't have any idea what a harp works, <laughs> how that works. Yeah. They write chromatic music that has no pedal change in their mm -hmm. notes ringing to each other and the wrong, the enharmonics are wrong. Mm -hmm. Because... Yeah, I love writing for harp. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful puzzle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a great instrument. It's got a lot, so much great stuff you can do with the harp, but if you, but it's a tricky instrument to write for yeah. well, you yeah. know, without sounding like wedding music, mm -hmm. you know, because it's so tonal. Yeah. Because that's the way it's built. It's a diatonic instrument. Mm -hmm. Um... So you have to find weird tricks to work around that, mm -hmm. to, or use two harps. I've done that before. Yeah, a piece called uh, Scorpion Tales for two harps that nice. fixed that problem. Sometimes there were some yeah. ways I'd try to deal with that. Nice. Uh, so there's you know, and then I think it's just even the way the subtle way composers use colors, mm -hmm. like or frankly whether you use stuff at all. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. you look at a piece and there's not one articulation. And you're like, wow, uh, okay, that's maybe your style. Yeah, but 
then you find moments where an articulation really can be useful, or even a or even a sforzando mm-hmm. or a forte piano. Yeah. Yet the way they wrote it was sloppy and kind mm-hmm. of almost like they wrote it in layers, and that's another giveaway. Like you write a piece where the the articulations or the dynamics or the phrasing was like a layer that you put on instead of being an integral part of the music itself. Mm. And for me, I like to think that there's a reason you wrote something in that it needs to be phrased a certain way so I could tell if you slap it on later yeah. as an afterthought. And that's, mm-hmm. that's not cool. I mean, yeah. that looks like you didn't care mm-hmm. and that you didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. There you go. So that's, you see that and then you're like, well, okay, this person doesn't have a, an, an organic sense of how these different components work. Yeah. You know? um, but again, every competition is different in every age group, so sometimes you see pieces that are, you know, and sometimes it's just it's just clear as day, oh, that piece is more advanced, mm-hmm. uh, that person has a better sense of how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I Like I said before, and I stand strong with this with the, with the festival or mm-hmm. the competition or whatever, whatever panel I sit on. I mean, I, I'm very, I'm a strong believer in not judging by style mm-hmm. and judging by how well somebody did something within that style. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I wouldn't pick, say... A new complexity piece under or over a, a neo-impressionist something that mm-hmm. was based on like old French music. I wouldn't know if it was done well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also like to see composers be adventurous. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to write exactly in the style of Brahms, well, <laughs> I don't think you're going to beat Brahms, but mm. you can try. You know, I mean, but I am probably going to be more interested in the piece that did that, but combine it with some other weird quirky thing like from you know, Indonesian music or something and did something really whacked, yeah. you know, and then like, well, that's interesting, mm-hmm. you, you know, not to upplay this whole tired, oh, I'm so tired of this, the breaking boundaries, crossing bridges, <laughs> east meets west. If I hear that one more time, <laughs> you know, and if I see that one more time in a bio, I'm going to puke. I'm like, you know, it's, we're enough of that already. We've mm-hmm. all broken the boundaries, crossed the bridges. Mm-hmm. Traverse the terrain. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. You know, combine music and dance and multimedia and film, and we've it uh, done with mm-hmm. that. What I'm really impressed by, I have to be honest, is just really compelling music. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. And all that frosting, I see right through. I see right through your videos. I see through bad performances. I can hear good pieces through bad performances. Mm-hmm. I I don't mind unless it's a truly horrid performance. If it's a performance with wrong notes and it's not perfect that's fine i can hear yeah. through that oh, yeah yeah um if there's if there's a little bit of background noise like shh, i can hear through that too yeah i can hear through midi i mean midi's not amazing but if it's as long as it's okay midi it's mm-hmm. fine but usually yeah. midi these days is 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 okay yeah it's it's passable you, you, yeah you can get the Forgetting ideas across sense, yeah right yeah some music is so complex it can't be represented by midi mm-hmm. and that's you know unfortunate for the composer they're writing stuff that's so uh, intricate that you have to just kind of look at it and be able to. And that's I have to admit that's really hard. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I do the best I can. We, the problem with competitions is there's never enough time. No. Ever. No. I mean, ASCAP. That one is the perfect example. I can mm. say that publicly because I think they announced the judges. You know, man, they get what? I think once I sat, we sat through 700 applications that wow. we had to get through in like four days. Man, it's amazing. How do yeah. you get through all that? Yeah, it's they, it's, it, crazy. it's a mil- and by the way physical envelopes so you're unwrapping mm-hmm. and putting back in stuff mm-hmm. over and over again that you don't listen to all 700 you can't no. divide it up and then there's like this way that the judging happens mm-hmm. where it's you know number of judges then it moves on to the next mm-hmm. level and so on um but man it's just there's too many and yeah. you can't uh and there's just and you get really good at just sensing if something's at the level or not mm-hmm. based on those things we talked about and yeah. the other other issues too you know yeah i've had i've talked to some so people who who sit on a lot of panels and yeah. um, who uh, sort of have, have intimated that 
some of these rookie mistakes, they are the immediate disqualifiers. Oh, right, like you, you just like you see, okay, it's it's stapled and it goes in the no pile automatically. You right. know, like I, if they can't take this seriously enough, it, you know, it goes over right. there. I guess, I guess the point to make, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but the point to make with that, all of that stuff is why make it difficult for yourself by not doing the bare minimum mm-hmm. of presentation? Yeah. You don't want that to set off all kinds of bells. Yeah. So do a decent job with that first so that at least, at the very least, you're being respectful mm-hmm. to make it easy to read. Yeah. And then we can look at the content and ha- spend those precious mm-hmm. minutes and seconds looking at your actual music. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's really important. Uh, I think, and it's not that difficult to do, it just takes a little more love and care and, frankly, yeah. pride in what you do. Yeah. You know? And and well, and well, going back to, to my example, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I didn't... I didn't realize and you know sometimes it's just that's not imparted at a certain right. point and uh you know it that's 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 tough it, it it's tough for for the younger younger composers yeah. who who haven't been taught this because maybe their teachers don't right. know but it that's, and, that's and there's said that because that's important yeah the teachers to the best of their intentions mm-hmm. don't even themselves even know mm-hmm. the best way of presenting music yeah uh they may be never sat on panels mm-hmm. maybe they've just been kind of cloistered that's fine it's yeah. okay to be like that mm-hmm. like, you know if you're happy and have a life whatever but I mean they're just not maybe seeing the big picture yeah I've seen that a lot mm-hmm. uh, certain schools are better than others yeah you know another thing that's sad is yes a lot of good composers come out of some of the more well-known schools and I try mm-hmm. to we try our I've been on panels where you try your best to give people the best shot possible yeah schools are out of, off the beaten path mm-hmm. you know uh, it's hard. It really is hard, though. You yeah. get a gem here and there from those schools, mm-hmm. but man, is it it's competitive. Yeah, you know? it's it's tough. So. I, I did some speaking at a, a school uh, last year, and mm-hmm. you know, talked to the composers, and you know, was yeah. doing the whole like, here's what your website needs, right. and let's talk about copyright, and and just sort of trying to cram as much. Yep. You know, like practical stuff into yep, like an hour. Yeah, yeah. And at the at the very end, one of the professors came up. He said, "Thank you so much. We." <laughs> don't teach this, we right. don't know how. Which I find really disappointing because there's no reason at all that any school that has an actual music department mm-hmm. shouldn't be teaching students how to survive mm-hmm. in the real world. Mm-hmm. Because here's the statistic, and this is what's scary. Only, so, well, the other way around, 75% of teaching positions at this point mm-hmm. are adjunct mm-hmm. and assistant and with no medical care, mm-hmm. no tenure, mm-hmm. and frankly, no uh, no way to progress up the ladder. Yeah. So that's 25% that have the, that kind of golden job mm-hmm. that where everything's, you know, more or less awesome. Yeah. You know, so I don't really think that, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but I don't think teaching is really the way forward for most creative or recreative people. Mm -hmm. I think the jobs aren't stable, and you end up cobbling the other lots of jobs and being Mm -hmm. a freelancer, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And if you can deal with it, it's great. And I Mm -hmm. basically do that myself. I mean, I'm a freelance composer. I make my living composing. But Mm -hmm. um, it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. But to think that you're going to get that job, that thing that your professors got 30 years ago. I mean, Mm -hmm. most a lot of professors know that, and they're not teaching that anymore. Yeah. And they realize how lucky they are that things have changed. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot out there that keep teaching that way. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is what you'll do because this is what we all do. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that's not. Or, frankly, even think you'll get an orchestra job. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget hearing 
uh, and I don't know how many performers listen to your, your show, but um, I'll never forget hearing Robert Freeman at Eastman, because I went there. Mm-hmm. I've heard two of these talks before. And he said to the audience, I'll never forget, it was like, I was already at Eastman, but I'd happened to hear a talk he was giving incoming undergrads. Mm-hmm. And he said, here at the Eastman School, I just want to tell you something. You know, and he's like, you're not all going to go and become orchestral musicians. <laughs> he gets kind of lilt to his voice, you know. It was probably about 30% of you will even come close to that or something. It was like basically like shooting them down right from the gate, yeah. right from the, you know, the starter pistol. I'm yeah. like, wow, that's uh. harsh, harsh, <laughs> but it needed to be said mm-hmm. because most of them won't, and mm-hmm. they didn't, and they yeah. did, they just won't, you know. Yeah. And as far as composers go, as you well know, because you're doing it too, I mean, there's you have to find a way to survive that utilizes your talents and your loves and your skills. Mm-hmm that may or may not involve your composing, at mm-hmm. least in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, the reality is, it's just the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So get used to it. Yeah. Um, if you're extremely fortunate, everything will happen perfectly for mm-hmm. you, and I hope it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but statistically, it won't. Yeah. So just be a little bit prepared mm-hmm. at, for what the future might hold. Yeah. And that's really difficult, yeah. you know, as you know, because, man, it's like there's, there's just not, I mean... There's not a lot. They're just limited opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, um, boy, that sounded really dark. <laughs> dark I, I read all these funny pieces like this comic <laughs> opera, and then I'm I'm pretty dark actually. Uh, but but I just try to be a realist. That's mm-hmm. all. I'm yeah. just trying to like lay it down the way it is. It's like yeah, you know, so many of my peers like that I've seen over the years, mm-hmm. some have faded away. Mm-hmm. You have to have a lot of longevity to do this and courage yeah and be a little bit of a masochist i think (laughs) yeah put up with this a little bit i mean just to like Mm -hmm. you know the the rejections Mm -hmm. the the beating down everybody's doors Mm -hmm. to get your music played to have people believe in you yeah um it's yeah it, it takes a lot of a lot of strength it takes a lot of um perseverance perseverance yeah so i think that's key you know yeah, yeah. all do that i think and that's that's basically how you survive all this mm-hmm. is, is believing in yourself like you know we've discussed i think believing in yourself and um having the tools mm-hmm. being good at what you do mm-hmm. being open-minded and being creative about how you do it yeah you know? and going after what you love i think that's the key you never mm-hmm. want to do do this for lack of love do what you're doing for the right reason yeah yeah uh this is definitely a career choice of love, not of necessity. Yeah. Like, you don't do this because, well, I'm just making some bucks. Wow, if you're in this to make money, <laughs> you uh, made a mistake. For you, man, yeah. It's not the best career for you. Yeah. You know? uh, I look out my window here in New York every day at these skyscrapers and think mm-hmm. they're, I'm probably looking out at at least 500 apartments of people who are making millions of dollars each. Oh, yeah. Every year. Oh, yeah. And not me, you know, mm-hmm. so sorry to say, mm-hmm. which I was, but, you know, um, it's. It's difficult. I just think if you don't be in this for the money, yeah. be in it because you love it. Yeah. And you, hopefully you'll make money because you love it and people will see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So what else did we miss? Uh, let, but we're just we're a little, a little over an hour, so let's let's wrap up. Uh, you, you'd said uh, beforehand that you'd like to talk. We talked a little bit about this already, about right, rejection. Yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> the, most fun the, the most fun topic. Yeah. Um, uh, but like dealing with that and... and you know, particularly with the idea of uh, having support systems. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's really important as a composer to surround yourself with an ecosystem of happiness. Mm-hmm. Like, you, it's really important that 
even if okay so say you're a composer where your family doesn't believe in you that happens right? mm -hmm. but then make sure you find friends and colleagues that who do believe in you yeah or work around people who like what you do that'll be really helpful for you mm -hmm. but look at the core of all this even if nobody believes in you you have to believe in yourself yeah um so even if you're your biggest fan mm -hmm. you no matter what number one the number one key is you have to believe in what you do mm -hmm. and love what you do yeah that's the most important part of this whole, part of the whole equation. Yeah. Then, if you're fortunate, your family and your friends and your colleagues will also love what you do. Yeah. Um, but you just want to. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that are positive. Because mm -hmm. that's really helpful. Yeah. As totally. much as you can. Yeah. You know? And unfortunately, today with with the internet, right. you can. Yeah, you have find the, a community. Yeah, the, these ex extended communities of of right. people. You know, I mean, but, if you're a microtonal composer, which is lovely, mm -hmm. okay, or maybe lovely is not the right word, I, don't know, <laughs> but I, think, I think it can be lovely, there's mm -hmm. great microtonal pieces, then find a community of composers that do that yeah. and commiserate with them, because mm -hmm. you'll all be speaking the same language, mm -hmm. and loving the same things. Mm -hmm. It's important to have a support system. Yeah. If you're a composer who loves, you know, uh, music that's all about timbre and color and not a lick of melody in the whole thing. Fine. Mm -hmm. That's your thing. Then find those composers that do that and be mm -hmm. around them. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a composer that loves choral music, then find choral composers mm -hmm. or performers that love you. Mm -hmm. And it's, I know it sounds maybe cheesy to some people, but I think it, it'll help you from like dying a young, at a young age. You, mm -hmm. you want to, it'll keep you calmer. It'll make you feel like you're, you actually are with people that care about what you do. Yeah. It, it's yeah. hard when you don't have the, the emotional support around you right. to, to keep going day after day yeah. with with the rejections that come in and trying right. to to keep staying creative and right as far as rejections back to that I mean look I, we all have had tons of rejections oh, we yeah. certainly have you know I mean I've I've had things that I've applied for numerous times and finally mm -hmm. got I've had things I've applied for and never gotten mm -hmm. but look you can't take that personally no you know you have to. Realize that it's hard not to a lot of oh, times. Oh, no, no, there's, <laughs> but there's yeah, an art to how to psychologically yeah. deal with rejection. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I believe that um, it's definitely something you learn over time. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, you get more. Usually, you get more immune to these things because mm -hmm. you're you're more you know you don't yeah. care because you also the more you do it, you start to see that there are patterns mm -hmm. and that sometimes the the, the cards are stacked mm -hmm. against you, and for reasons that have nothing to do with you. Yeah, I mean that have nothing to do with your music even. Yeah. Uh, if you're not academic enough and mm -hmm. it's an academic type competition, you might not win it mm -hmm. or it might take you forever to try to win it. Mm -hmm. Some competitions have panels that are on there for, if not life, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then they may never love your music because they'll never rotate the panel. Mm -hmm. So check that out. Mm -hmm. You can find out who the judges are. Uh, some are, you're not going to get picked for reasons, again, that have nothing to do with, I said it before, new, the music. I mean, yeah. the the clothes you wear, mm -hmm. what you look like, who you are. I mean, that's, yeah. that's sad, but that there's nothing you can do about that. Mm -hmm. That's why you can't take it personally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this shouldn't be new news for anybody listening to this. I mean, like, we <laughs> all deal with this. But maybe I'm just here to reiterate, because I've been on both sides bazillions mm -hmm. of times, yeah. that uh, that's not where you should drive your happiness. Not yeah. those prizes, you mm -hmm. know, and not, you know, look. One of the best ways of telling whether you do anything well is what people actually think when they're actually at your concerts and they mm -hmm. actually hear your music. Yeah. If they love it and they tell you that, you're probably doing something right. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. that simple. Yeah. If your colleagues don't love your music, I wouldn't care two licks about that. Mm -hmm. If they love it, that's great. It's nice yeah. to have support from your colleagues, yeah. like we talked about. It's nice to have a support system. But don't let that get you down if like, your 
composition peers and colleagues don't love what you're doing. You might be doing something so awesome they don't even see it or they're scared because mm-hmm. they know you're awesome. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just not their style. And yeah. fine, they'll never love it. Yeah. And that's fine too. Um, I mean, I certainly... You know, some composers fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happens. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's happened to me a little bit in certain sectors where you're the wrong age or want something that mm-hmm. by the time you're good enough, you're too old for that mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're just doing something really cool and certain people really love it, but then the people that love, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, I'll never be Eric Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm at peace with that. Mm-hmm. Eric is Eric. Yeah. Eric's lovely. I love Cloudburst. Great piece, mm-hmm. you know. He does some really lovely things in, in a lot of his pieces that are great mm-hmm. uh, that I've heard. Um, I'll never be him, and mm-hmm. I'm a piece of that. I'm mm-hmm. not that guy. I'm not going to do that thing. Yeah. You know, I'm not John Mackey, the band composer. Mm-hmm. That's fine with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a, I'm not anybody else. I'm just myself. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just gonna, like you, you're Dennis Stabensky. I'm Rob Patterson. I, yeah. I do what I do, and uh, that's that's what you got to do. You got to yeah. just do your thing, mm-hmm. and. Every day you should wake up and say, am I loving what I'm doing? Am I loving the music that I'm creating? If you're mm-hmm. a composer, yeah, I love this. Mm-hmm. In fact, I love it so much that I don't want to turn it off if I'm listening to it like on a recording. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm at the concert, I'm like, yeah, it's turned out just like I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. That's all you should be living for. Mm-hmm. Because through your love of your own stuff is where everybody else's love comes from. Yeah. If they sense that you love it, they'll love it too. At least some people will. Mm-hmm. And you might fit in a small little crack of... Milton Babbitt-esque stuff where like the people that love it love it intensely yeah but maybe not a lot of people or it's in that kind of zone where like a lot of people can appreciate it because it's that way and mm-hmm. that's okay too yeah I mean, that may be more on the tonal side or something and that's just the zone you're in yeah but you just, you, here's the thing you can't fit a square peg in a round hole and yeah a lot of creative people have a problem with that mm-hmm. they don't they don't they're wondering why they're not making millions I'm like well Look in the mirror. Look, <laughs> look at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're not fitting in the general populist zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. You're doing something that's really off the beaten path and wonderful, mm-hmm. but not what the general public might love. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> you know, some of those composers are like, oh, well, when are they going to come around to loving me when I'm dead? You know, they're thinking that. <laughs> that could happen. That could happen. But, you know, it's also very likely that it won't. Mm-hmm. So you better... Uh, but again, I wouldn't do it to please people. There's that thing that people say, well, don't do it to please everybody else. Well, mm. it's okay to anticipate the audience's reaction to something. That's, mm. There's a difference between that and trying to please people. Yeah. To, to say to yourself, I'm going to thwart expectation because I know the audience will be surprised, mm-hmm. that's different than saying, oh, I'm going to write to the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to write to their lowest common denominator. Yeah. A lot of musicals do that, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Okay? They, they, they're incestuous the way musical composers are. Mm-hmm. They, they copy each other and they write stuff to the lowest common denom- denominator so that they please people in the easiest way possible sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah. Sondheim was great at not doing that mm-hmm. a lot of times. And there's a lot of, there's some other musical composers that did that well. Mm-hmm. But some of the work, the not good ones do that, you know. And mm-hmm. some classical composers too, they're just going for the lowest common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I think I love about what we do is when you try to do something new mm-hmm. and fresh and interesting. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully not off-putting or whatever so people don't even want to listen to it. But, you know, if you're true to yourself, I think that's really all, the thing that matters most. Oh, yeah, to- yeah, totally. Yeah, and I can't say it enough times. It's like you can always tell when a composer's copying somebody else mm-hmm. for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And not because it just needs to be a part of what they do. Yeah. It's because, well, they're just trying to be that thing. Mm-hmm. They're trying to win. I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you trying to win? <laughs> my heart? If you're trying to win my heart, be yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, I wanted to see who you are as a composer. 
and feel your experiences mm -hmm. or whoever's experiences through their music and say, wow, that was a great experience seeing life through that person's eyes mm -hmm. in a musical way. Yeah. Not, oh, great copy of Paganini, <laughs> you know, which I don't like anyway, really. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan, but, you know, I mean, the techniques are great. Mm -hmm. the music I find kind of thin, but, you know, I think that's not my thing. Yeah. Um, that's it. You got to love what you do. Yeah. And boy, every day, get up and I hope you're thinking that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's okay. There will be composers out there that lose that mm -hmm. because they're just, they lose it. That's fine. Yeah. Then do something else and mm -hmm. maybe you'll come back to it later mm -hmm. or maybe not. Yeah. Uh, it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. This is hard what we do. It's very hard. Isn't it? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I loved it so much, but <laughs> yeah, I could have had an easier life being a something yeah anything i always joke that i guess my dream and i'm kidding when i say this but like wow what's the easiest thing i can do let's see selling having a coconut shack and like, <laughs> you know, that would be like, about, what do you what do you stress about every day oh man i have enough coconuts <laughs> you know what what could possibly be stressful oh it's yeah. raining yeah oh man the coconuts aren't gonna grow big enough or something. You know, I, what what is stressful about that just the oh. sun palm trees you know I think what a relaxing life that sounds like, you know? Yeah. Man, maybe for vacation or something, you know? Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Nice. All right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank for you. Doing this. Um, thanks for doing this. Thanks for the interview. Yeah, and uh, why don't you let, tell us all um, where we can find you online? Thank you. Okay. So, if you want to know more about me and what I am up to, uh, my site is uh, robertpatterson.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's Robert and then P A T E R S O N 1 T.com. Uh, if you want to know about my ensemble, that's AmericanModernEnsemble.org. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to know about my fest the festival in 2018, please check that out and sign up. Uh, that's MostlyModernFestival.org. Mm -hmm. And finally, if you want to know about my little boutique record company that I love, uh, that's AmericanModernRecordings.org. Mm -hmm. And uh, the uh, powerhouse pianists oh, yeah. disc has, has, has the, the lack of sound of page turns... Thanks to me. Thank you for that. That was that was fun. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for reminding me of that. That was awesome. Yeah, if you wonder why that's oh, it sounds so pristine, it's yeah. because of Dennis. Yeah. Me. And also, please, and I will plug Dennis here, check out his music, okay? Because you know what? He's doing this because he's so awesome to be doing this. But if you do nothing else when you're done with this podcast, check out his website and his lovely music. Oh. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, this has been awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much. Yeah. And um, yeah, call to action this week. I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna run with it, and I'm gonna say, listen to Rob and check out my music this week. <laughs> Normally, it's something else, but. This time I'll actually take it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Okay.